A boy's best friend is his mother. Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Ah! Rocky! Oh, you're so cool, Brewster! I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! Movies don't create psychos! Movies make psychos more creative! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? Better give me those shoes, they're mine, give them back to me! How many times do I have to tell you Ursula Andres belongs with the transvestites, not the perverts? Oh, you heterosexuals. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. You're a bullshit artist! They're coming! They're coming! Welcome to Fright Night. For real. Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome to Screaming Queens. The horror podcast with the queer eye view. My name's Jonathan Larkin. I'm Stephen Moore. I'm Jonathan Butler. And I'm Martin Fennessy. So you'll remember uh, a few episodes ago we discussed Lost Boys, which was the 1987 horror teen sleepover horror movie classic type thing. Um, we mentioned as part of that um, that the whole horror vampire thing was reignited in the 80s by Fright Night. So tonight we are going to talk about, you guessed it, Fright Night. So from 1985, directed and written by Tom Holland, Fright Night is a film about a teenage boy called Charlie Brewster, played by William Ragsdale, and he's like a horror film nerd. And um, one night he sort of wakes up and finds... No, he doesn't. One night he's getting off with his girlfriend, Amy, and he notices the guys moving in next door who are carrying this like fabulous, very elaborate coffin into into the basement and he slowly becomes convinced that the next door neighbour, Jerry Dandridge, played by Chris Sarandon, is actually a vampire. But is he? Or is he not? Now a look at tomorrow's free TV premiere. No one believed Charlie's neighbour was a vampire. Happy Charlie! He bit me! Until it was too late. Now, Charlie has to find a way to stop him. You, Peter Vincent, are ready to do battle with the undead. <laughs> Beware of the evil that awaits you on Fright Night. Friday night at 8 on Q13. So, Fright Night is one of those films, I seem to say this at every podcast, but it's one of those films that I loved as a kid because I, I remember seeing the sort of VHS box. Yeah, and the, the face in the clouds. <laughs> Face in the clouds. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I, I am a big fan of this film. I know a lot of our listeners are. So I just thought we'd have a talk about it, throw it out in the open. As usual, like I say in every podcast, I've never seen this before. So you haven't seen this one? <laughs> no, okay. Instruction again, and this time I really enjoyed this one. Oh, you liked it? Yeah, big fan. I felt like this to me is scream for vampires. Yeah, like it's very self-referential. Yeah, it knows its genre. Yeah, it's people in it know the rules and everything like that. Yeah, and it kind of reignited the love for vampire films, like I was saying, the way Scream reignited slasher films. Yeah, which is quite funny. Seems so this talks about slasher films ruining vampire films. Yeah, so well, that was it's quite an interesting film. Yeah, I think it's quite a sweet film. I think there's, I think it's got its heart in the right place, um, with a stake through it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's it kind of 
the guy, the director, Tom Holland, he wanted to make a film, he says, he wanted to make a film that was for horror fans and vampire movie fans and people who love the old style of horror and kind of give that a bit of an 80s self-referential twist. And I think I think in that sense, he succeeded mm. with this one. It was very, it's very 80s. I, I, it was years since I've seen it. So I'm, when I was watching it again, I remember that I was like having flashbacks to seeing it was when I was kids, and it was the, the one scene that brought back the memories for me was um, you know, when he's looking in the mirror with Roger McDowell. He drops the mirror, doesn't he? And he picks it up and he opens it, and he looks behind and he can't he can't see him, and that's when he realizes that he is. And it's like yeah. I remember seeing that scene as a little kid, and it, was, it brought all the memories back. Yeah, oh, it's because I I I hadn't thought it would reference this so much but I got kind of like a Burbs vibe from it as well I thought yeah that sort of like the creepy neighbour that you're not quite sure about yeah it was I think the Burbs was later so the Burbs obviously copies a lot of this mm. I haven't seen the Burbs no but yeah if you liked Friday Night you'll probably like the Burbs it's yeah. a lot of the same sort Corey of Corey Feldman's in it as well yeah isn't he? Corey Feldman yeah what do you think Marty Pops yeah it was alright it didn't set me world on fire mm. Um and I'd seen it years ago, but I think that's probably why I'd seen it years ago. It didn't set me world on fire. Yeah. Um, it was okay. Mm. Wasn't overly excited by it. I wouldn't say it was as good as like, when I watched Lost Boys. That was a lot stronger for me than this, but then I definitely appreciated this. I, prefer, I preferred more... this Lost Boys, to be fair. I thought this was better yeah. than Lost Boys. But this is more horror than The Lost Boys, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. The Lost Boys is more music video. Yeah. I think that's. I think he's made because he's made this film for horror fans. I think maybe that's yeah. why it's not so much about the MTV and the, yeah. the bright, flashy sounds and you know. Yeah. It's not about that. It's not about looking like Don Johnson so much. It's just about the horror. I think what I. I think that's probably the reason I loved it so much as a, as a, as a kid. I can't remember how young I was it being when I saw it, but I think it's because it's about a young lad who loves horror movies, mm. and it's about you know the the. Horror, watching horror films late on your bedroom television and all yeah. that sort of stuff I think that nostalgia vibe is probably why I loved it then and why I really like it still now probably um, but um, so yeah it's an interesting one at the um, it, it's it's got quite a, a quite a high um, like quite a gay following as well probably because of the kind of the, the two guys moving in next door and it's you know are they or aren't they that times they definitely were. <laughs> <laughs> Just the scene, isn't it, where um, after he gets the pencil through his hand, and um, after Jerry gets the pencil through his hand from and and his his uh, roommate, I'm doing that thing with my fingers quotation marks. His roommate Billy is on his knees in front of him, like dabbing him down and stuff, and it just looks a bit. To be honest, I didn't even like get onto how homoerotic parts of it were until like towards the end, and then like. I think he just puts his arm around him at one point yeah. and I just went wait a minute what is this relationship <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like because it wasn't like explicitly done and it wasn't ever in your in your face and then now I think if I went back and watched it again I'd be like you'd be looking for wow, that I did I not notice all yeah. of this <laughs> and Charlie's mum kind of addresses it straight off at the beginning doesn't she doesn't yeah. she's like probably gay okay. um, so yeah you, you, it is it's just to leave it open and, and they haven't really addressed it I mean when you when you speak to when you speak to, when you watch interviews with the with the cast and stuff, they say that the actors at least say it was all by accident. It wasn't on purpose. But I think I think Tom Holland, the director, had to know what he was doing. It's the way he sort of frames some of the shots and. Is it a bit like Freddy too? Maybe yeah. There was intended gay references 
but nobody wants to admit to it. And it was all developed out by the studio. Because do you think the part of the, you, the part of the, the, one of the main functions of the story is um, Jerry Dandridge has a portrait of one of his ex-lovers who looks exactly like mm. Amanda There's yeah. Amy. Yeah. Yeah. Watching, there's, uh, a, there's a really good documentary that's on the Blu-ray that we got, the Eureka Blu-ray. Yeah, it's really good, though. Um, it's a bit too long. Mm. Spends about forty five minutes talking about makeup effects, and I'm a bit like, oh, okay. Yeah, I like that because I'm a, I'm a nerd for all practical. <laughs> I was I was into that. But they talk about in there. They mentioned that that was like a last minute thing that this they would uh, when they were developing the idea. They just sort of said that oh, we need some sort of reason to be to be obsessed with these kids. So let's mm. throw in, you know, he has to have known Amy in a past life or something. So mm. I think, I think that what there wasn't that much thought that went into that that. Connection yeah. and it doesn't really kind of fit with the rest of the story. It just kind of feels tacked on. Yeah, you can kind of gather that. Yeah, I think it would have been enough that he was just he suspected. So this this nosy neighbour kids exactly. trying to find out. So I don't know why yeah. they had to. And he was just seducing her because that's what yeah, that's what he did. Yeah. yeah, she's someone I knew a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, what I, I, the thing I think the strongest thing about this film, and I think it has got a good script, but I think the cast are really good. They all seem to be having a really good time. Mm. Um, the three young people, especially, mm-hmm. so you've got the trilogy of Evil Ed and Amy and um, and Charlie. And what I love about eighties horror films is the, the you always get that sort of sense of camaraderie. So you do always have like a little gang who are who you're rooting for, and you know that the, one of them's going to be dead, if not two of them. Um, and yeah, I quite I quite like that about it. I think. Uh, Evil Ed sort of is a standout, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. Well, in a good way. Well, he divides people because some people think he's terrible and right. some people think he's just, he's, he's great because he's playing someone who's absolutely mental. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I really wanted to kill him. Yeah, see, I love him. I think he's hilarious. Oh, I can see why beer is hating, but actually he was one of the, the um, redeeming features of the film for me. Because oh, he's, so, <laughs> he's so ridiculous. It just made me skin crawl every time he was on the screen. And, like, I kept wanting him to die. And then I thought he had died and he hadn't. And it was just really pissing me off. <laughs> I think he does divide people. I think that when you watch that documentary as well, they say that um, they were surprised at how he delivers a lot of us. They were saying, who else could deliver a line like that? And you're like, well... <laughs> That's diplomatic. He was a bit wild, wasn't he? So the, one of the more interesting things uh, about the making of this film, well, after it anyway, the legacy of it, is that so Stephen Jeffries, who plays Evil Ed, went on to do gay porn. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, 
under the guise of Sam Ritter. Um, and so, you know, obviously my extensive research, research, I had to sort of look into a lot of his films. Um, and he, you need to hear some of the names of some of, some of his films. Um, so, under the guise of Sam Ritter, he starred in such gems as Butt Blazer, Transsexual Prostitutes 1 and 2, Leather Intrusion, the Big Screw Up, Uncut Glory, Latin Crotch Rockets, <laughs> <laughs> Mechanics by Day, Lube Job by Night, <laughs> where by is spelled B-I, <laughs> in both cases, The Cockpit, Hole in the Wall, Hunk Hotel, and it sort of goes on from there. Halfway House Hunks, oh, and my favourites, obviously. Oh, which one's my favourite? I don't know which one's my favourite out of. Halfway House Hunks, Seaman Training Day. Mm. Or three dicks are better than one. Three. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leather intrusion. Yeah. That's intriguing. Yeah, well. <laughs> Ooh, fuck yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, fuck that ass. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I've looked into it as well. There's not really that many things online about how he ends up getting into porn. Um but it's interesting. I mean, and he, he's sort of he's he's gone. He went from having a, um, a legitimate film career to porn, and then he's sort of come back out of it again, and he's in he's in films again. So he's he's down as being in things something called Bite Marks, um, Lazarus Apocalypse. Um, but he's he's just been announced to be in a new film called Pizza Boy Massacre, which I think might be like a tongue in cheek, yeah, horror hybrid type thing. So maybe he's maybe he's made a comeback in sci-fi. Channel I'm, horror, channel. Yeah. Mm. Maybe another porn. Maybe another porn. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Or, 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 yeah. or maybe a melting of the yeah, two. Sci fi. Yeah. Channel porn. Yeah. Oh, he was also in Guys Who Crave Big Cocks. Um, so he wasn't the, the only homosexual on the cast. Roddy McDowell, who plays Peter Vincent, had a very interesting sort of life. It's, it's quite it's funny on that documentary. The director talks about Roddy McDowell and says that he used to throw two dinner parties a week. <laughs> Wednesdays for straight people and Fridays for gay people. Oh, Isn't that nice? That's so cute. So Rod, Roddy McDowell was a child actor and a friend of Liz Taylor, which generally means... Okay, gay. Yeah. <laughs> but he never actually came out. Not that he needed to, yeah. really, but he never actually yeah. came out. So. I don't I know anything. But. Yeah, he was out of friends, and everyone sort of in the industry knew, but he didn't publicly make that announcement. I mean, no, no one did, though, did they? Really? No, I mean, if his, I guess of his... <coughs> he's probably the same age as... I don't know. It seems just ridiculous talking about it in some ways. It's like Liberace, but neither of those two people, Robert McDowell and Liberace, could use <laughs> mistake. Or... <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Virile paragons of heterosexuality. He's rumoured to have had um, like a romance with Montgomery Clift, and um, him and Tab Hunter. Was he? He wasn't out, was he? Was he out? out? No, but he came out later. There's like a good so. documentary. Yeah. About Tab Hunter on Netflix, which yeah. and Tab Hunter takes part yeah. in it. Well, him and Tab Hunter did like a photo shoot that you can, if you Google Roddy McDowell Tab Hunter, they did this photo shoot where they spend the whole time like they're in like little tiny shorts and the cooking wieners together. Okay. But that photo shoot was called Calling All Girls. <laughs> it was meant to be like to attract women. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you have Roddy McDowell and also Amanda Beers who plays Amy was a. Ginormous lesbian. Yeah, I, I knew her from uh, Marriage with Children. Yeah. I watched that when I was a kid. She played Marcy, the next door neighbour. Yeah. 
And she was in um she was in Will and Grace as well, wasn't she? She was the straight couple friends of Will and Grace. Yeah. Oh. She's yeah, she's a great laugh. She she was actually twenty six when she was when Yeah, she I think we say in the documentary the the maker of did she was they they do the 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 lads were about sixteen, seventeen where they but yeah. she was about ten years older than yeah. that. Yeah. Doesn't really show that. I was gonna say I wouldn't clock it, like Sometimes you can look at them and go, you're like 30, but uh, yeah. I wouldn't say. Yeah. What's everything of the mum? I loved the mum, but why did she disappear halfway through? Because yeah. I really enjoyed her character, and I was like, I can't wait for her to be promoted, just yeah. being oblivious idiots. And then she yeah. just didn't come back. I love her with a bit where she offers him a Valium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's really funny. So the mum, so she's played by uh, Dorothy Fields, and, and that actress disappeared. Like went off to completely off the radar yeah. in the ninety after film she was in stuff up until like the end the late nineties. And um she just went dropped out of the public eye and people like on that documentary, people are saying, Dorothy, get in touch, you know, we'd love to we'd love to see you and speak to you. Nobody knows where she is. It's a bit scary. Because <laughs> yeah, also I mean she just doesn't want to be bothered but mm, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe a vampire got her. Maybe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe she has one. Yeah. Maybe she, she looks exactly the same. She's gone into hiding, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is true. Um, so the mum actually, have you seen, has anyone seen the remake? No. In the remake, Tony Collette plays the mum, mm. and she gets a lot more to do in the remake. Is the remake any good? I, I think it is. Um, it's what Colin Farrell, isn't it? Colin Farrell plays Jerry's Andrew, Jim is the best. Oh. Okay. Therefore, the remake is good. Yeah. Um, Tony Collette plays the mum, and Anton Yelchin, who died last year, the young actor, he plays Charlie. Um, but I, I quite I did quite like the remake as far as remakes go I think it's quite it's got its own sort of identity and it's quite cool and mm-hmm. slick and yeah I did quite like it so before he sees Jerry actually make a kill he sees a blonde hooker getting out of a cab it was fabulous he asks mm. is this 99 Oak and I thought she walks exactly like Martin <laughs> <laughs> she dresses just like me yes. going to the way I was just the Tesco's. <laughs> I wanted to see her again, like properly. I was fuming that Jimmy showed up for that because he was just glamorous as fuck. Yeah, because the next girl, the girl he actually bites, he's not really. She's the same, it's different girl, isn't different it? Different girl. Mm. Which I had to rewind and watch because this is the scene where he decides he's this murdering vampire thing mm. because he bites her in there. I had to rewatch it because I didn't realize that she was meant to be like killed and dead at first. Because with a face watch, that it was just kind of glimpsing. And I just thought he was getting a bit kinky. Like, it didn't... <laughs> Whenever he was biting people, it just felt a little bit... What was the... Okay. He does have big fangs, though. Yeah, no, but... And creepy big long fingers mm-hmm. with long fingernails. Because that's what he sees, and he sees the, the long... Yeah. The long fingers. I wouldn't have said vampire, though. I'd just be like, ooh, get in the neighbours, what are they up to? My little binoculars on a stick, I'll be too much. I do love that rear window scene, and I love the music. The synthy, electric, guitar-y mm. theme song is amazing. I love his house, Jerry's house. Mm. Very glamorous, the big statues at the foot of the stairs. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. I think how that was inside the house from the outside because it was just like, it's not, if you open that door, you wouldn't expect to see that. It would be very yeah. strange. Yeah, it's like a proper dilapidated old house, wasn't yeah. it, from the outside? With lots of swirling mist. Quite um, extra for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You do. And I noticed that when Jerry first attacks. Charlie, he comes out of the closet yeah. to attack him yeah. and then throws him into the closet. <laughs> That's true, actually. 
You could have a field day there, couldn't you? If you wanted to overanalyze it, which I won't do that. Bit holy is at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you realize how much trouble you've caused me? Spying on me. Almost disturbing my sleep this afternoon. Telling policemen about me! You deserve to die, boy. Of course. I could give you something I don't have. A choice. Forget about me, Charlie. Forget about me, and I'll forget about you. Yeah, and then when they when they get on to the fact that he's a vampire, somebody actually says he's going to suck his way through the entire town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, the, the, I think the highlight for this film for me is the club scene. Anyone else? That's, that's uh, crazy. Yes. It's it's the film up until that point is fairly grounded, and then the scene just like weird, just like this dead, colourful, bright. Like all the music in the film is in this one scene. It's yeah. bizarre. It's like yeah. four different songs. It's four songs, like back to back yeah. for this one scene. It's very strange. That's yeah. in there. Yeah. I loved it. And as he, he's dressed exactly the same way that Michael Douglas dresses to go clubbing and base instinct. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. I think Jerry's a bit younger than Michael Douglas. Though, yeah. Isn't he? I was just completely into it. I just thought I want to be in a club in the eighties, getting seduced by a vampire. Like that's the dream. Do you want to right get? Do you want to get your? Um, do you want to have the instant hair lift that she gets yeah. as well? <laughs> it's amazing how her hair just suddenly changes halfway through the dance. He like slips a finger in, doesn't he? He's like puts his hands up his skirt, and the next thing her hair like stands on end. Oh, it's like, like play doh. You know, he push. Oh, lovely finger and play doh. <laughs> It's one, of the, it's one of the vampire powers they don't talk about that often. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that whole sequence and I love the bits down the alleyway. It's funny, funny fact that while they were filming in that alleyway, there were like loads of crazy people throwing garbage at them while they were trying to film the scenes. Just added to it. Yeah. That's what that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like Evil Ed's seduction and all that when he's like, no one will laugh at you ever, ever again and mm. know what it's like to be different? Yeah, you feel sorry. Mm. You feel sorry for him, I think. He's I that, he is that, that kind of bullied. And he's out there all his life, I think, hasn't he? So when he sees, when he gets this attractive offer, he's, he's always going to take it. I think, yeah, I think he's like, 
deceptively good mm. that actor I think he it's quite a touching scene actually because he's like he's this real t- he's crying real tears yeah. I mean, you could be horrible and think I like that Davis is like just too close to his eyes but <laughs> no I was just like kill him eat him rip his head off just get rid of him I just didn't care that he was they were trying to give me this backstory from getting bullied and I was just like well he is kind of annoying you don't have to be afraid of me I know what it's like being different only they won't pick on you anymore or beat you up I'll see you that. all you have to do is take my hand here Edward take my hand But you know that actor was nominated for a Tony Award the year before, okay. and he won the prestigious 1984 Theatre World Award, which is given out to twelve promising newcomers each year. Didn't he only get the? He only got the role kind of like accident, didn't he? The television documentary. Yeah. He went to. It was the, cast, the casting director, the director was, yeah. was just someone he knew from um, another film, and he was just like in the neighbourhood and was like, "Oh, Johnny, go for something to drink," and he said, "Oh, we've got this film. Got this film on casting for." Yeah. It is one of those characters that he is meant to be deliberately obnoxious and in your face and a little bit weird. So, did he actually accomplish what mm. his character was meant to do with me? It's just that I didn't enjoy it, where he enjoyed it. But the character did what it was meant to do and be mm. outlandish and over the top. School weirdo. Yeah. It, it works. I can't. Blame the actor. I don't think the actor's bad. I just think I didn't like the character. He's irritating as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's done a good job at irritating yeah. me. Yeah. But, you know, he's got that iconic line that we use in our opening theme as well. You're so cool, Brewster. Just after he gets a, a burger stuffed, yeah. Charlie gets a burger stuffed in his face that appears to be covered in diarrhea. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know what's on that. Uh, it's in the school cafeteria, isn't it? So you know. Yeah. 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 Is it what they call a sloppy Joe? <laughs> oh, maybe. A sloppy oh, Charlie. Isn't it? Maybe. Peter Vincent, Vincent Price, whatever. It's the same person, really. They wanted. They, yeah. They yeah, wanted they, Vincent yeah. Price to actually score yeah. in the film originally. He was too old, too, old by then. Yeah. Too mm-hmm. old and sick by then to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's an amalgamation of piece of cushion. Surprise. I love yeah. the scenes I love the Peter Vincent scenes where he's introducing all the films yeah. and he comes out and it's like the really cheap sets yeah. and the dead hammy dialogue it's yeah. always brilliant he's a brilliant actor though isn't he because yeah. I think he's quite he's dead sympathetic that character mm. there's bits in it where you think you just feel a bit sorry for him yeah. that's my favourite bit of the entire film I just loved every yeah. time he was on it and I did feel the most sorry for him and like connected with him more than anyone else I felt really bad for him when he was saying about losing his job and everything yeah. and then he's pretends that he's going to move her all and he gets to pay you how much <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I'll do it yeah and isn't it like a savings bond or something <laughs> yeah. that she says she'll give him he's just so nice oh. and then even when he gets his um, job back at the end I need this little nod out nod to him saying oh, I've given him a break haven't I Charlie and I was like oh, that's so cute Charlie Sheen went for the what was up for the part of Charlie oh god didn't there was a Eric, was it Eric Banner? Oh no, oh, no, not Eric Banner. Um, was it Mark Ruffalo? 
turned up on panel as well. Did he? Yeah? Supposedly. Oh, I like Mark Ruffler. Oh, was it? Maybe, no, maybe I'm thinking of something else. I think I quite like William Ragsdale, though. I think he's quite cute. Yeah, as Charlie, he is. He's, he's, he's cute, isn't he? He's, he's realistic hmm. as that kid, as that lad. Um, but it's, no. it, this feels very authentic. I think that's it. This, as you say, the scenes where that's what you that's what you did. You sit up late at night and watch it, watch the your old telly, watch all the old films, the yeah. horror films. So it feels quite authentic. Yeah. Anyone seen the sequel? By the way, no. no. You can, I, last time I checked, you could watch the, the whole the sequel whole online somewhere. Is anyone? Is anyone um, from the first one in it? Or? Yeah, Charlie and uh, Roddy McDowell are both in oh. both in the sequel, and it's it's um, Jerry Dandridge's sister moves into like a block of flats above Charlie or something and it's the same thing over again but yeah. it's, it's like it's exact like same it's the straight to video version of Fright Night but it's, it is quite good I did, mm-hmm. I did enjoy it at the time but then I loved everything when I was that age um, I, I did love that um, when um, Amy gets turned into a vampire she sounds exactly like Linda Blair <laughs> the voice is the same as Linda Blair yeah the, the makeup effects on it are really good I think when she appears and the face is so weird isn't it the, yeah. the teeth and he looks, it doesn't go like really sweaty, doesn't he? Really yeah. greasy. and yeah. yeah. Towards the end, when she comes down the stairs and all the, um, the smoke and the mist is coming, I felt like it was Belinda Carlisle. And <laughs> 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 I was just like, yes. <laughs> the hair was huge and everything. <laughs> was yeah. It just got bigger and bigger throughout the film, didn't it? He was really getting his fingers in. How fast did Tickle of tonsils. Yeah, I love that line where when that's it when they turn up to see Peter Vincent. I said, "Do you want my autograph?" I was like, "No, we don't want your autograph." And he goes, "What could be more important than my autograph?" And then he says, <laughs> "And then he says, your friend needs a psychiatrist. He doesn't need a vampire hunter." Yeah, um, but now I, I, yeah, it's a nostalgia film for me. This I think I love the eighties and the sort of it. I love the old sort of the old fashioned vampire element of it. I think yeah. it's just a good, a good fun. There's lots of nice nods to like classic scenes in vampires and like like even like the posing with the cross at the top of the stairs is classic. Yeah. Vampire and there's lots of little moments like that and it just works. Yeah. It's a nice nod for horror fans. Yeah, did you like the bit with the uh where he turns into a wolf? I didn't get this. Why was he a wolf? Well the according to Dra- the original Dracula they, they turn into wolves yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, in the book. Mm. It did say that. I remember that. They, t- they follow all of the rules in this film because they, they even have Jerry becoming a, a, a strange mist. Yeah, yeah. fog well. and rats, isn't and, it? Yeah. Rats and fog and a werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that because I've read Dracula and he does see it and he turns into the wolf that follows him, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Evil Ed was in makeup for that, that one little scene for 18 hours. It's crazy. Yeah. He even acts that really well as well, that boy. Some of the makeup was really good, and I really enjoyed the bit where he, the guy melts like green and mm. like and, and it turns into sand and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was really, really. Effective. Billy is it? Billy, Billy yeah. yeah, yeah. Is not boyfriend. <laughs> what was he then? Because he wasn't a vampire. Well, nobody seems to know, and even the uh, I think even Tom Holland, the writer director, was a bit vague on this subject. They were saying he was like a zombie, zombie sort of watches over watches over yeah, his master yeah I would master. Have said zombie kind of a thing. thrall yeah because they were like mm-hmm. making such a point that it's definitely not a vampire because he can walk through the day but then he didn't give us an answer so I was like if you're going to say it's not that you need to give me an answer <laughs> yeah yeah 
One of the things I thought was really interesting in the documentary as well was that Tom Holland told the cast to go away and create their own backstory for mm-hmm. each for each character. So they had to go and write it up and come back with it and report back, you know. And um, the reason Jerry Dandridge always eats fruit is that he was looking back at vampire law and he and he was he read that um, fam- the first vampire was allegedly created by the from the um, bite of a bat. And he thought of fruit bats, and he thought mm. it, he thought it might be in, in part of the vampire sort of heritage. Because yeah, he's always eating really like apples or pears mm. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like core, it's like apple cores lying around all over the house and stuff. Yeah, I love that scene where um, <laughs> and you, you can see the line coming a mile away where it's they say, "Oh, it's okay, you can't come into my house unless I invite them." And then he yeah. comes, and then he comes home from school, and he just like, "Oh, look who I've invited in." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like you know, you know it's coming, but it's yeah. still brilliant when it's you so see funny. it. Yeah, and he's just he's sitting in his armchair looking around the corner and just like, oh fuck's sake, yeah. what have you done? <laughs> he must have known his mum was that was getting yeah, that like. stupid. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. she's like single mum, hot new man moves in the next door. Yeah. Of course, she's going to invite him over. Yeah, she's great. I loved the scene with her as well when um, he's getting phone about his room and like the noises are banging and she's like, oh, someone left my door. And then he like runs in. She's going, oh, did you have a nightmare? I had a nightmare the other day. And she takes out the entire piece of shit. I'm this white tail. And then I look down and I'm totally naked. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a value? <laughs> I just love that she completely steals his moments. If she'd gone into his room, she would have been fucking terrified. Yeah, yeah she's great. But yeah, no, you're right. She does disappear too early. If she, I would have even just a little bit at the end, like just one final scene with her. Yeah. Would have tied it up a bit nicer for me or... Had a scene something at the end, like, ooh. Yeah. But nothing. Even men think I dressed as up as in a red wig. That was funny. Yeah, that's a weird doll's wig, isn't it? Like yeah. a raggedy hand wig or something. That's so creepy. Yeah. I thought the scene where he actually um, is really sticks the crucifix through the door and it burns Ed's Oh yeah. Borrowed. That's that's really really good. That he really sizzles, mm. yeah. Isn't it? And he, there's like real emotion. It's like it, you know, it hurts him. It's, yeah, it's really good. That yeah, he does well in that too. Yeah. No, I do like that actor. I, I actually would like to see him in more films. He did. He did make a few more around that time. Mm. Was he in much more before he jumped upon, or was he? He, he, I think he was in a few things. Yeah, yeah. he was in. Um, oh, what was it? I was only reading about it before. He was in a few more horrors. He was in nine. Remember nine seven six evil. Yeah, he was in that. Uh, and he's in something else that I've seen and I can't remember what it is now but he does a few other things mm. before he went on to get his knob out <laughs> <laughs> it's funny isn't it I wonder what happened to get him into that world you automatically assume it's bad things well I do yeah but it yeah, might not be might not be might yeah. Maybe Leather Intruder had a script you just couldn't say no to. Yeah. <laughs> this is the role I've ever wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted Leather Intruder. It's not a Leather Intrusion, is it? Sorry. <laughs> I said Leather Intruder. That's, sort of <laughs> that's, a different, that's a different film. I don't know what you've been watching, John. <laughs> so, that, yeah. Um, I really liked it. Um... It's a, yeah, it's one of those nostalgia films. If you haven't seen it, go back and have a look. It's a proper 80s vampire flick. It's not the same as Lost Boys and that. It's not like an MTV. It's not like a music video, but it has got music video moments. It sort of sits in between Lost Boys and Vamp. Has anyone seen Vamp? Mm. No. That's don't. a future discussion, Vamp. Yeah. Grace Jones, vampire. I've heard of it. 
Um, it's also sits in between the two. It's a bit of a. It's it's it takes itself a bit more seriously than them. Um, but then it's 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 the last of comedy. It's I also think, a really it? good comedy as well. Yeah, as I was saying before, it's got it's kind of got like that Joe Dante vibe to it as well, like yeah. the birds and stuff. Yeah, and that's the howling as well. It's got mm. that to it. Mm. Great locations as well. I think. Yeah. I think it looks. There's lots of. Uh, yeah, I love the club that they go to. So that's that. But let us know what you think of uh, of our discussion on Friday night and. Also, the remake, um, I recommend having a look at that. It's not bad as remakes go. Colin Farrell with a vest on. You can't really argue with, with that. Um, tweet us and let us know what you think. John's on Cthulhu502. Yep. Stephen's HD99. Yeah. Martin. Hashtag Martin. Hashtag Martin. Hashtag Martin. Hashtag Martin. What can I say? Beyond having a Twitter account, <laughs> and a you haven't got a handle, you're too hot to handle. Too hot to handle. <laughs> and I'm at Johnny Larkin, and you can get us at screamingqueens at gmail.com. Go and have a look at our blog, screamingqueens.com. And yes, keep tuning in, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.